unfortunately, sometimes the team changes as time passes too. So I think it's really important that those in charge or those holding more management roles understand the vision most clearly and stay true to it and remain consistent. regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on the retirement fitness plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. 2020 was a challenging year for a lot of people, and in particular, small businesses. EGSI believes in giving back to the community that has supported us for nearly 20 years. And as part of that, we're rolling out the Giving Back to Small Business campaign. Every month, we're going to highlight two small businesses on our podcast, Ed Sedell, the Retirement Trainer, which is on iHeart, Spotify, Apple Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts to learn more about these small businesses, what kept them going and succeeding during COVID. Our goal is to promote and learn lessons from these small businesses so that other business owners can draw upon these experiences. Today, Dr. Dana Winchester joins us on our podcast. She's the owner and founder of the Winchester Institute of Chiropractic Health and Wellness, located right here in Dublin, Ohio. This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all our questions and to give us some guidance to stay in the best financial shape possible, the retirement trainer, Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. Hi, Dana. Hey, Dana. How are you? Hey, Leanne. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I know this this last year, it's been crazy for for everyone. But, you know, those of you who are in healthcare, it's been um, unusually different and difficult. It has. It's been a, a very challenging, very unusual, very different year. So tell me, um, you know, because part of this is to, to share, you know, some of the, the stresses, right? Uh, some of the, the problems and kind of how you overcame them. Um, be, because I remember, you know, through the summer last year, it was, you know, a little difficult. And then all of a sudden, um, I mean, you did some things. I mean, for you, it's all about processes and procedures. I mean, you can tell when you walk into your practice. So, so tell us, you know, kind of what you did last year and, and some of the challenges that you faced. Well, I think most importantly, I never took my eye off of, you know, where I wanted to continue to head and our true mission as a healthcare facility um, and what our goals are, what our purpose is in the community. And I just remain true to that and to my brand that, you know, we are to offer the highest quality healthcare that is backed by research. And we really make each patient encounter an experience for the patient. And I just never took my eye off of that. 
uh, and really just had a little bit more time to focus on all of that because um, while we remained open, uh, we were you know, essential healthcare providers throughout all of last year. So you guys didn't close down at all? We never closed. We closed for a few days. uh, I want to say in April or May, simply to um, spend some time together as a team. We painted some things in the office. We cleaned out some filing cabinets. uh, We cleaned up a few standard operating procedures and like streamlined our processes a little bit better. That does Um, not shock me, (laughs) (laughs) but we never closed. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so what what were some of the struggles that, that you guys really had to deal with last year? Because I know with, uh, social distancing and I mean, you know, People no being intended. afraid you're, to come in. Yeah, and, and you're yeah. literally hands-on. Yeah, I mean, so, we are together with the patient. All yeah. of our service providers are our, our therapists, our massage therapists, our rehabilitative specialists. Um, so, yeah, we're very hands-on. We are very much in the same space that a patient is. Uh, we had a great track record. We did wonderful through the process. The process changes. One of the interesting things about it is that you know, through that last year, now we're getting a little bit more guidance um, from our boards and things like that as physicians. Mm-hmm. But I think initially, especially being in private practice, no one wanted to tell you exactly what to do and how to do it because yeah. they didn't want to be liable. No one knew. Right. You know, so I made a waiver that was just on paper and had patients, you know, state what states they had been in and if they had any <laughs> symptoms. And looking back, it is kind of crazy and funny that we had to do all of that. You know, we had a station outside in the lobby of our building. <laughs> like ours. Like, you can't, yeah. And it's still there, you know, <laughs> because I we're, walked we're right not past sure. it. We're becoming like so immune to all the, I walked right past it apparently, but, but yeah, we had to do all those things and we didn't have the best guidance. It was so scary as not only a healthcare provider, but as a business owner, I wanted to protect my team. Um, and I wanted to make sure I was doing things ethically, legally, all of that, yeah, for our patients and our our, um, employees. I kind of want to learn, I think everybody listening is also going to want to learn what what all comes goes into your practice. Yeah, what all do you do? Because that's, I mean, it's not just chiropractic work that's done there. It really is wellness. I mean, you kind of encompass a whole bunch of different things. So what, what all, what, what services do you guys provide? So we just, we try to take a patient that may enter our office for a a complaint of pain or a dis, a dysfunction. Like, you know, I can't raise my arm all the way, or I'm not able to give my kids a bath because my back hurts or I'm having debilitating headaches due to stress. And we really try to look at that patient as a whole. So how can we wholly address this patient? Um, from lifestyle recommendations and modifications to, you know, what it looks like at their desk when they're working all day, whether it be at home or, or in their offices. You know, what tools do we have to work with? What do their schedules look like? You know, how can we help them make sure that they're incorporating healthy foods into their routines each day? We take a look at supplementation, um, like I mentioned, stress levels, you know, a lot of organic functions of the body. So we do do some functional medicine work with our patients and we offer really great quality um, vitamins and supplementation to help patients, um, you know, achieve 
you know, optimal wellness. We are a, a chiropractic clinic and we practice Gonstead chiropractic. So it's a really specific method of manipulation. We are not having patients, you know, just come in without uh, a an exam, a thorough exam by us in a consultation. Uh, we always want to see diagnostic films or images of the patient's spine uh, before we are treating. Um, we offer rehabilitative services. So we do, you know, full body functional rehab of, you know, just poor posture and weak core all the way to post-surgery on a shoulder or just a bursitis or tendonitis that just kind of pops up out of nowhere. We have four exercise physiologists and we're actually looking to hire a fifth right now. We have seven massage therapists as part of our practice. We do cold laser treatments, which are really cool. Oh, do you really? It's an invasive uh, way to help reduce inflammation and stimulate healing. Yeah, we we Uh, actually have just learned a little bit about that. That's really, I did not know that that was... (laughs) <laughs> That's a, Such a lot an more easy yeah. modality. It's yeah. super simple. Uh, no pain. I always tease my patients. I wish that the the laser head instrument like vibrated or made a little more noise, just so everyone knows <laughs> that it's that really it's working. Yeah. Um, but patients report great uh, results from that use of that modality in the practice. Um, and then we just try to maintain a patient. And so, you know, you're coming in with a complaint, but how do we manage you through the ebbs and flows of life as the years pass and the months pass, and trying to get patients to stay on board with that idea of wellness, not just chasing disease and a, and a complaint. So it really is holistic. I mean, you're, it's all encompassing for, I mean, it's lifestyle. Yeah. Ed has definitely visited a chiropractor before, but, and my, my oldest son has, but what I'm finding is that it's not, it's, it's at a, he's all the way out in Dayton, but it's an every week event for him now. He can't just go once and get an adjustment and think he's it yeah, actually has changed. Yeah. It has changed his life, but um, it is certainly um, not something that I really ever even understood the full encompassing that that went into your practice specifically. But that goes into making sure that this is something that is going to work for you. Yeah. And, and the patient does, that's a really good point. The patient has to commit to that. Anything related to health and well-being is not a one-time thing. You know, like you don't take great care of your skin on the first Monday of every month. <laughs> you don't work on your stress the final Friday of, you know, every quarter. Saturday night bath. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's bath night. Yeah. It really does need to be like an event that is, you know, planned and purposeful each day. And we can't be, um, we can't be perfect with it. And so that's really important too, is to make sure you let the patient know, like, I don't expect you to be perfect with this, but adopting a a program of maintenance is, is a great idea. So do you help them formulate the, uh, a program, uh, like a, like a plan? Absolutely. So if they come in as an active care patient, like meaning something is wrong or not Mm -hmm. feeling well, we'll lay out an initial care plan. And we are pretty conservative. My goal is to get a patient down to every three to four weeks as quickly as possible, because that means we're on to like maintenance care and and wellness and prevention. And that's what's really fun. You really get to know the patient better. You know how Mm -hmm. many children they have, where they work, what their schedule looks like uh, and what their challenges are. And then you can kind of continue digging into those things so that, again, the patient reaches this place of greater well-being instead of, you know, not just my right low back no longer hurting. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for you guys, it's more about the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. You want that. We want the patient to know that they can come to us for research backed advice and information 
And if we feel it's outside of our scope, we'll be the first to talk to the patient about that and make additional recommendations with local providers that we've formed relationships with and specialists and, you know, or just asking the patient to go back to their people, their physicians that they're already working with um, because we need another opinion or, you know, maybe we can ask for the physician to change something that they're currently working on together with a patient. And then that way we're collaborating uh, towards a common goal for the patient. So how do you how do you think having the proper processes, procedures in place really helped your team and um, and everyone function as a team and, and kind of get through last year and, and um, succeed, you know, and, and even carrying through to, to this year? Super important. Uh, being a small business now, maybe I guess I could say I'm a medium sized business owner, but <laughs> so that is for sure, which is pretty cool. It's super important. But, you know, you you don't necessarily know that or even know what you're doing when you start off, right? You slowly grow into all of those needs and see you have to keep your eyes open for when the need exists. We need a better document that talks about how you do this process and sitting down to creating that operating procedure so that someone brand new could come in and look at it and follow the steps, uh, which I don't think many small or medium-sized businesses even have documentation no. like that on file. No, they, they don't teach that in, in, in school and, you know, and definitely in medical school, they don't teach no, you how to run all. a business. Not at all. It's just about being a um, practitioner. Yeah. Well, and I think when you first get started, you're also chasing your tail a little bit in the sense that you're just trying really to keep the boat afloat, right? You're trying to make sure that you're making. So sometimes the understanding of those processes and procedures, making your life easier or your your business more efficient is not the first thing that comes to mind, but it, it definitely is the most important. Yeah, it, it really is. comes from the mistakes yeah, yes. and where you find holes in, in the processes, right? And then also making sure someone, you have someone delegated to checking every now and then that that process is actually being followed properly uh, and keeping everybody accountable. That's really important. I really hadn't even thought of the person that checks that. And it can't be somebody that wrote it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's all yeah. good. All good over here. <laughs> well, when you're small, sometimes it is. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh-huh. That is definitely true. Well, so how did you pick, uh, you know, going into becoming a chiropractor? I mean, because that's a very specific um, discipline. Yeah, I, I think I wanted, I was actually um, planning to head to medical school. I was in my final year of college at Miami University of Ohio um, in pre-medicine. And I um, had met a chiropractor while I was like waiting tables at a local restaurant there. And um, he kind of told me a little bit about the practice of chiropractic. And I definitely grew up in a more traditional household. Um, I remember the day I told my parents I wasn't going to go to medical school, that I was going to be a chiropractor. And I think I was disowned maybe for a few <laughs> days, but I think they couldn't be more proud of what I've built. And um, they know I truly believe in what we are doing. And as time passes, it's undeniable that the science of chiropractic exists and it's covered by insurance today. So there has to be so much, there is so much research supporting um, what we're doing and how we can help, you know, things like the opioid crisis and just help patient stroke recovery, um, all kinds of stuff that, you know, traditional medicine just doesn't always have the tools in their tool bag to, to help. Yeah. So instead of treating it with, um, 
medicines and 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 drugs prescriptions i mean it's it's the physicality yeah. where you're you're actually trying to make them feel better at that point in time yes and i always say like least invasive least expensive and then we work our way up the ladder um, and it's not that, you know, we're against medicine when it's necessary. Uh, by any means, that's not the case. Um, but it, but definitely starting at the right place and, and working towards, you know, healing without just taking something to mask a condition or complaint. Well, the body's an amazing, uh, when it's working well, it's amazing. And, and knowing. And when it's not, it's not. <laughs> well, I guess <laughs> and, yeah. and you know in a hurry. That, that's yeah. what I was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Getting ready to, yeah. to go in that direction. It's just one of those things that it's a, knowing the construction of the body and how it's supposed to work. A lot of people's pain comes from just that lack of alignment, that lack of things working the way that they're supposed to. And medicines, I will for sure tell you, is it not, does mask. it, I didn't, it yeah. masks it and it, and it is lifelong in some cases, you can never get off of that. So not being able to go back into the workout world, not being able to walk stairs, not being able to do little things. I mean, workouts are now built around things like picking things up off the floor. It's because we very quickly get to a point where one unbalanced area can lead to a lifelong <laughs> amount. So um, years ago, it was like 12 years ago. I'm, I'm at Jay Alexander's, right, or, or, uh, off of Campus View. and it's Talking about you getting old again? Oh, that? my gosh. It's pouring. <laughs> I mean, pour, it's like oh, one yeah. of those sleet, rain, nasty, you know. I drop my pen. I'm like six feet from my car. I, I bend over to pick it up, and I can't stand up. <laughs> That's so not what I'm, happens. <laughs> oh, I, and I'm like, I'm almost crawling to my car. I finally, It took me I don't know how long till I could get to my car and kind of walk myself up so yeah. I could stand upright so I could get in the car and get out of the rain. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yes. You know? I would say most visits into the practice are, you know, just activities of daily living, mm -hmm. things that we do mm -hmm. every day that, you know, I just bent over to brush my teeth this morning, doc, what the heck's going on with my back now? I can't <laughs> I stand up. I could barely get in here. And it's just because of the, um, you know, wear and tear to yeah. the, to the spine and its tissues and then the, um, nervous system. Uh, I mean, we use it every day, all day. And inflammation just doesn't go away. All of a sudden, yes. Yeah, and the yeah, older you doesn't. get, you've got a lot of miles. You yeah. know, it's some people yeah. more than a others, lot of right? Use. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about your team because, um, you know, it, it is um, – we were just talking about it uh, a couple of weeks ago. It is impressive when you walk in. It's – it. And I mean this in a good way. It smells like a spa. It feels like a spa. It's it's a very relaxing, relaxing, mm -hmm. calming. You know, um, even when you walk all the way through to the back where the rehab is. So, how did you build the team? Because it just everyone's kind of um, your vision, I guess. Is yeah, the best way. yeah. You're they've bought in. It seems like. So, how did you know what you wanted, and how did you build that out, and how did you get everyone to buy in? Well, you know. Unfortunately, sometimes the team changes as time passes too. So I think it's really important that those in charge or those, you know, holding more management roles understand the vision most clearly and uh, stay true to it and, and remain consistent. So as far as like the brand goes, I mean, I'm just trying to think how, you know, all of that came to be. Because I will say you're you've you've set up an experience as a whole too. There. Yeah, oh, there I you think, go. That's I think exactly it was missing. It yeah, that, that's missing, right? We're like going to a doctor's office, and it 
it could be so much more than what it is. But that's the cool thing about our profession is that it gets to be that because we're not always working on the more, um, you know, terminal cases and things like that. We get to really help people achieve total well-being. And so I think it's super important that they walk in and just feel that it's a place where they can begin to relax and work on healing and at least think about it, right? Like start starting to become purposeful in their uh, goals. So we talk about habits and I, I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say in, in some ways that changing of mindset to your life no longer being all about pain or all about not being able to do the things that you want is now those habits of how to be well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, and I, and I want to say that that is a habit that needs to be established because we talk about habits sometimes in the bad connotation, but this is all about good habits. Well, and you know, diet plays yeah. such a huge part yeah. because, you know, there's so much processed food out there and, you know, it's, um, you know, nature has a way of reducing inflammation and all these other things. Um, and, you know, you just can't get that in these genetically modified foods. And, and so, um, <laughs> tomatoes. I, I love tomatoes, but I hate tomatoes because it's like eating a rubber ball. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they really are. So when He's you grow them, it is, <laughs> you know, I, I, that's why I'm excited this time of the year. Cause when we grow the tomatoes, I'm like, okay, these are good. Real and you tomatoes, can tell the difference. Right? Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. know, and it's the same thing. Like you're talking about the supplements, you know, having that right, the, the, the perfect diet for you, um, your situation and being able to, to have the right supplements to, to fill the gaps that we're not getting in our, in our daily, you know, food pyramid, if you will, because the nutrients just aren't there, you know, is, does that, have you noticed that when you take people down that, that path, it helps the overall inflammation and, and, uh, well-being? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And just teaching them a little bit about like modern agriculture and like what's happening with how we grow produce today and how the soil is no longer, you know, chock full of nutrient like it, it once was and how, you know, we're mass producing all of this food. And so we're making beets that are significantly less, you know, full of antioxidants and flavonoids and phytonutrients, things that make us well than they had maybe 20, 50, 60 years ago. So yes, we talk about supplementing sometimes in areas when the body is nutritionally void to bring us back out of that hole, so to speak, get right, us back to, right. to functioning optimally, and then maybe um, reducing the need for the supplement for a period of time, or maybe, you know, it's not needed any longer. Just to, once they kind of get back to right. Yeah. Yes. So this last year, um, especially recently, I would say the, you know, the last three or four months, you know, a lot of our, the businesses that we work with and, and people that we've had on the show, one of the biggest issues that they've had are finding employees because people are being paid to not work, which is counterintuitive. So um, has that been an issue yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, we have had um, one or two like unexpected uh, events with uh, an, an employee or two, um, some illness in their family that, you know, just sudden illness and they were unable to work. So we had to, you know, post a few ads and start looking. We began looking in early February for a position we usually fill in 30 days, probably maximum. We were two and a half months in. We would have maybe 10 to 12 people respond um, for an interview. 
session. And we would be lucky if one of those 10 to 12 would show up after they had committed to the interview, said they would be there. We even say in our response to them in the confirmation email, it says, you know, please be considerate. Please let us know if you're not going to be able to attend your appointment time or interview time was, you know, set aside for you and they would not show up. So that was rough. I had, again, you have to go back to what is our goal? What is our intention? What is our purpose? And just stay true to that and know that eventually you're going to come across the right person. And we did. Uh, but it was Being unusual. Patient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hire the right person instead of just filling the filling void. Filling the role. Yes. You yeah. know? Yes. Because and that's more expensive. Yes. You know, you spend all that time in training and, you know, even if they're committed, it's not the right fit. Yes. You know, so you've got to find, yeah. You yeah. don't want to put a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. And just continue to remind the team that you do have, that you understand that more work is falling back on their, their, um, you know, desks, but that we are on a mission to find the right fit for us and maybe even involving them too in some of that, like having that new person shadow some of our team members or having them part of the interview process so that they could help us find that right person. And then they could see too some of what you know, management was going through and trying to find a new employee for them or Mm -hmm. for us to help us. Well, and I guess that's going to spur right into the next area that I, how do you balance it all? Because you do have a ton of work on your plate. And I know that you do not call it a day at five o'clock. So how do you maintain, how do you get your life to balance out for not just the sake of the business, but your home? Yeah, that's really tough. Uh, And I think that um, sometimes I carry guilt because of that. You know, I just feel like I could be spending more time with my family and with our daughter. But I do try to make sure that when I am able to spend time with her, that it is really quality time um, and that I, I am actually there and present. But I struggle with that. That's really hard. I know, Ed, and you had given me a couple questions to maybe like ponder about, which you're not following this yes. list I know. <laughs> that and, and I so carefully processes. prepared for today. Uh, but that's okay. Um, I've, now I lost my train of no, thought. No, you were just talking about balance with your daughter and the guilt. Oh, yeah. You'd yeah. ask that question. Yeah. How do you know? I'm not that great at that. Like, how do we balance time? How do we find time for a work-life balance? I do try to be uh, careful about, you know, I do try to get regular chiropractic treatment myself. I try to sign up for a massage once a month. I uh, have recently started meditating a lot. I've downloaded an app called Breathe. If anyone ever is interested in trying meditation, it is awesome. They gave you the two weeks, you know, free trial. And I thought, oh, at the end of the two weeks, I said, I even set a calendar reminder for myself to close the subscription <laughs> at that time. I, I love it. Oh, I'm not going to, I don't want to cancel it. It gives you um, different meditations, like mini ones, two minutes, one minute, or up to an hour if you want, like for different scenarios in life, like work stressors or um, you're, you're feeling anxious about something and then you can just play it. And it really does work just to sit back for a second and listen to that calming voice. And also to remember too, that we all deal with lots of things, right? So we're all kind of in this together and, you know, we all kind of face the same type of stressors. I think often, no matter what each of us, you know, what we do for a living, whether we stay home or go to work or, we're a physician or we own a business and, you know, employ 20 people. It's all very similar. And it's also a perception too, right? So we perceive our stresses. And so I think that's really important to be mindful of is that, 
you know, we could have 10 things that are very similar in our lives, like bills, finances, a home where, where maybe where all three of us are building a home. We all three have three children and what have you, but each of us are going to think each of those things are different, a different level of stress, right? So it's just how you perceive it and reminding yourself that you get to control that just a little bit. Like you're in charge of that. Right. And, and that sometimes I, I, I find that, you know, that quiet time, that time that you're spent, it's really, really important for you to sit back and just realize some things are just outside your control. And, yeah. And to accept it. Yeah. And yeah. accept yeah. it. And not stress because, out. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. The anxieties of life right now, they, they can overwhelm you very yeah. easily. And what's natural human nature? Like at the end of the day, I always talk about this when I speak publicly about a health or wellness topic, but we, you know, hop into our cars or we close our laptop at the end of the day and we like fuss or continue to think over that one thing that just didn't go right. Mm -hmm. But you may have done a hundred things that went awesome that day. (laughs) You know, you closed the door on a couple of projects and, and got a lot done, but it's that one thing. Right. And so being mindful of that and talking to yourself about that, like, that's okay. That's on my to do for tomorrow. I'm going to address that with that individual. If it's something that happened, a conflict between you and someone else or, come up with a plan. Here's how I'm going to address this one thing so that I can actually close the chapter on that for today and address it again. Well, tomorrow. I really like so. that. I, I think I will definitely use that yeah. a lot in my, um, it's, it's, it's something that you definitely need to give yourself a break and not believe that you're going to be perfect every day. But, um, knowing that it's something you continue to work on. I, uh, <laughs> if I would give myself a little bit more more of more a, of those yes, moments. That's yeah, exactly. That's exactly. So that was, that, that's practical. That's very good. Well, the last thing I want to touch on is marketing, right? Because as a small business, it's all about making sure that um, we're bringing in the, the, the right patients, the right clients, the right customers. Um, did you change anything because of COVID? I mean, how you marketed, is it mainly word of mouth for you or, you know, how, how do you market? So we did try to change some things uh, due to COVID. We kind of created a virtual community outreach program. So we've always had uh, a mission as a practice to make sure, just like you're doing right now with me, that we're giving back to the community in the way that we know how to best, which is education in health and wellness. Um, And we do that complimentary, and each of our doctors have to agree to do that, to come on board. And we would go out to, like, we would come to your facility one afternoon, and we would bring a a mini workshop or a mini presentation on a health-related topic. But with COVID, we could no longer do that. So we created a virtual one and we signed up for Microsoft Teams and we figured out how to make these presentations um, engaging and empowering and fun and a little shorter than in person because nobody wants to sit in front of another meeting for the 40 minutes that we would usually do it in person, which is so much more fun. Um, And that worked great, but I'll tell you the number one means of patients into our practice and into our business is word of mouth, like local referrals, physicians referring other patients, having a great experience and talking to their neighbors and friends and coworkers about our office and how, you know, how they got better and how they enjoyed meeting our team and how we took care of them when they came in. So that's important to main true to that. Like over the 16 years that I've owned the practice um, or when I founded it, it, that has never changed. 
the number one referral source has always been internal. So focusing on that is is most important. Does the office smell good? Does it look good? Is our staff being kind to each patient? Like despite how the patient might be behaving or what is going on in the patient's world, how are we behaving towards the patient from the moment they walk in to the billing process, to the services they receive, to, you know, how we greet them as they exit or send them on their way for the day. So that's really uh, meaning even when you think about doctor's office and the billing, there's sometimes a disconnect from the overall, you know, but keeping it the same, no matter what your interaction is and understanding also that people come in and sometimes mean people or hurt people hurt others, I guess is the best way that yeah. somebody always explained it to me. And so yeah. hurting people are hard to deal with sometimes, but, or they're hard to, they don't manage their pain well. So I do think it's important straight across the board to have that messaging all consistent. It's- yeah. And insurance surely doesn't help that because it's becoming so difficult to understand a policy. You know, one insurance payer may have hundreds of policies today and they each process differently. So that's sometimes very hard for a patient to understand that there's going to be multiple charges or services for a visit. And, you know, we think we are collecting properly at the time of service, but your insurance may process back a little differently. And, um, you know, we'll be sure to try to stay on top of that, but um, we are not perfect. And we try to let the patient know that we need their help. Well, I think that's unusual, too, that you have that conversation. Well, setting that with expectation. Them. That's I mean, a that great goes a long expectation. Way. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, I did that during the virus, too, as I sat down to my desk and wrote like a little memo to the patient that's part of the new patient packet that says, you know, look, insurance is, is a big bear today and we need your help making sure that your benefits are processing properly because um, that's the last thing we want to be involved in is, you know, having EOBs or estimation of benefits or claims that come back that are different than how we've processed things in our office. And yeah, so that's tough. And I think you'll see fewer and fewer physicians of any kind in private practice uh, in the years to come because it's just too much for an individual, even with a great team to manage, you know, without an HR department, without a legal team, without an umbrella of of protection. They don't, uh, half of us don't understand what our benefits cover or what they don't cover into the percentages that they do Yeah. And that's like a major part of the problem is you guys come in for care. And have no know, idea here, how your insurance yeah. works, and then blame it on us. Yeah, no, Doctor kidding. Winchester, please tell me what I have because I have. Here you go. Oh yeah, my what, is, what does this mean? Oh my you God. know, it used to be so simple. It was a twenty dollars copay, yeah. Yeah, two hundred dollars yeah. deductible, and now it's a twenty five hundred dollars deductible minimum. And then every line item may process differently. Maybe the X rays are at a copay, but the other services are at what they call a co insurance, which is a percentage of the allowed charge. So, and then the rep on the phone may not know any of that either. So you're writing down all the wrong information after being on hold for an hour to try to verify a patient's coverage. Uh, I've seen the front end of that one very well. So yes, I can only imagine. So go home tonight and study (laughs) your insurance policy. I will. I will. Well, Dana, I appreciate you coming in. And so you're actually our our first uh, in-person guest, right? I am. Well, 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 that was before we started. Yeah. 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 But that, that was right during that time, I will say that it's much nicer to do face-to-face. So I prefer it that way. Definitely. So how can people find you? 
Um, so we can be found uh, on the internet at thewinchesterinstitute.com. Uh, we do have an Instagram page, which is the Winchester Institute. And um, we are on Facebook also. You can also call our practice at 614-760-5555. And you're located. Just nail in. Uh, I obviously mentioned Dublin, but give us uh, your, your uh, it's very close to where we live. So I yeah. see it. You're, frequent, you're, you're yeah. by the star, Starbucks and Matt the Miller's. Yes, yeah. Starbucks, Matt the Miller's, Dewey's Pizza, and don't forget Nothing Bunt Cakes. Oh, nothing Bunt Cakes. Right oh my gosh, it. I can't believe I didn't mention that one. Yeah. That is a business. Oh, that is. That is a business. And, um, and with, it's fat free sugar free too. Right? <laughs> oh it is not but they are delicious <laughs> they really are they are delicious they are and good good people too so um well thank you very very much for all the yeah, information absolutely. today it was really really wonderful if you have any questions um about what we've talked about today the winchester institute please feel free to reach out to us we can direct you to dr dana winchester and um, get you connected but we also want to learn about other small businesses out in the columbus area so if you have a small business or if you know of a small business that could use us being involved in the process and learning a little bit more about what has made them successful over this last year, please reach out to us. Small businesses need a plan and to prepare for the unknowns. As Ed says, you can only prepare when you have a plan. So if you have a small business success story, please give us a call at 614-526- 4118 or email us at info at egsi.com. Find out more about us on our website, which is www.egsifinancial.com. Thanks so much, Dana, for all your time. Thank you guys. you tested your fitness level, not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance, because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the retirement trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc. Ohio license number 102061. Nine.